Welcome to the Sell or Die podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Gittimer. And I'm your host, Jen Gittimer. Well, in this podcast, we're going to help you attract more qualified, unbelievable, ready-to-buy clients. We're going to help you build loyal relationships. And the one thing you're hoping for, close more deals. Let's get into it. It's time to sell or die. Welcome, Die Hard. This is going to be an amazing episode because it may be about you. And I want to find out from the person who has literally transformed this entire movement, the imposter movement, which it's becoming, into reality for you to be able to benefit from. And maybe you don't think you're one, but maybe you have characteristics of one, and maybe you have decided you're going to be one. Maybe you have faked it before you made it. But the bottom line is something's going on in your life or someone that you know's life. And we're going to discuss that today with the great Gary Fry. Gary has been my friend for, I hate to say this, more than 30 years. That horrible <laughs> or what? And through that, we've actually, our friendship has actually grown. That's the cool part. Yeah. And he wanted to write this book. He finally did write this book. He has this book published now. And if you don't go to Amazon and buy Silence the Imposter right now, something's drastically wrong with you. It's classic. And you're going to get vibes of, oh, shit, that's me. You're going to get a lot of, oh, shit, that's me. Uh, so welcome, Gary. Thank you, Jeffrey. It's always a treat to be with you. Thanks. Yeah, no, the pleasure is mine, but you're correct. You've always been an excellent judge of character. <laughs> so talk to me about how this first came up in your mind. Yeah. Um, well, I never even heard the term imposter syndrome until a few years ago. But about that time, I was I had been coaching a woman who had 10,000 W-2 employees at the time, quite accomplished, probably one of the best CEOs I've ever known, much less been able to coach. And she was on our podcast. She was one of our fir first guests, actually, almost four years ago, not quite, on the podcast called the Anything But Typical Podcast, which the amazing Jeffrey Gittimer has also been on. But she said to me, she goes, Gary, I don't know what I'm doing. And I said, Tana, are you kidding me? Like, why would you say that? And she said, I only have a two-year secretarial degree. I said, Tana, you run circles around pretty much every CEO that I know that has advanced degrees. And I said, you know what? I think that is. I think that's imposter syndrome. And she, she laughed. She goes, yeah, you're right. And then I thought about it more. I don't know if it was that evening, but it was shortly thereafter. And I thought, man, almost every CEO that has confided in me that I've either coached or that I've served or that I've walked alongside, and I've walked alongside many, they've said same the same sort of thing. Like, oh, I just got lucky. I just had a bunch of good people around me and the timing was right. I really don't, I'm not that good. Um, and I've even had people say, I'm I'm a fraud. And I'm, I'm like, wait a minute. I felt that way ever since I was a kid. I, you know, kids teased me, called me Mr. Perfect. And it wasn't that I was perfect because none of us are, but I set I, bit, such an idealistic- Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean none of us are? I'm perfect. You're perfect. It's everyone else that's screwed up. I <laughs> right, keep going. Well, not all of us could be- And uh, by the way, I'm not so sure about you. <laughs> So anyway, that was that was kind of the thing. And, and there was another guy. He was the first guy that I brought in as a client to BGW, the CPA firm that I work for, a little over four years ago, about four and a half years ago. And he has three companies. He works 10 hours a week. That's it. Makes a ton of money. And he told me the same thing. 
And I said, Brent, why would you say that? And he said, I don't have any college education. This comparison trap of, you know, well, this is what a CEO, this is what a founder, this is what an entrepreneur is supposed to look I like. See. There's their resume. Yes. Or their CV worse. Yes. And so that's what was the the catalyst to have me start writing it. And I I just started decided I was just going to write my journey first. Yeah. And that's what I did. And Which then is now I thought, the second I, part of the book, correct? It's the second part of the book on purpose. And then I got kind of stuck because I, I really didn't want it, the book to be about me. I really didn't. And I still don't. Uh, but so I let it kind of sit there. And then I started realizing, because one thing I am good at is I see patterns. I can see patterns. And then I started realizing, wait a minute, there are some things from my crazy journey that I've learned that has really been able to silence this imposter syndrome, this feeling of less than, I'm not good enough. I have to work, at, you know, I have to outwork everybody else just to be even those kind of things. And so that's when I had um, six weapons and I called it 5.5. And I went to you, Jeffrey, because I knew you would give me the straight scoop on, is this any good or is this just crap? Or is this just something that I should have for my grandchildren? And you said, hey, I, I've got 0.5 trademarked. All right. Okay, cool. And you said, hey, you need to have a seventh weapon. And I knew immediately what the seventh weapon was. You know, find somebody outside the jar to help you read the label. We all need outside perspectives. So that was mm -hmm. very, very easy. And you mm -hmm. said, hey, seven, seven is better anyway. And I'm like, all right, cool. So that's how it went. And so we finished it in a, in a year. But then the last year we waited and, you know, kind of went down this meandering path of publishers like, you know, and the reality was I don't have a million followers. I got denied. And, you know, the cool thing was when Wiley called me back, thanks to you. And I can't even remember the name of the guy, the second guy that you had call me. He said, we're probably going to re regret this, but you don't have a million followers and we have to have a certain amount of following and the fact that you I wasn't speaking that much yet on it I'm starting to speak more on it but nonetheless you know uh the journey has been an interesting one but you know I'm so grateful to you Jeffrey in particular because you are an accomplished author you, I mean you've got five New York Times best-selling books plus everything else like you you're just an amazing human being plus you are number one columnist in all of the business journals, when I was running bizjournals.com, I mean, it's pretty amazing. I can tell you this, editors hated me because I was more popular <laughs> than they were. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. But let, let me throw this at you, Gary. And I, this is, uh, normally I let the guests speak, but I really would like to make this a dialogue. Yeah, cool. When I started in sales, I was in an MLM thing in the 70s, and they were always saying, fake it until you make it, which is a benchmark of imposter syndrome. Big time. Okay. It just adds fuel to it. So what I did was I said, no, I'm not going to fake it until I make it. I'm going to live it in advance. Oh, I like that. And that discussion changed my entire perspective, added to the fact that I watched the great Glenn Turner movie, Challenge to America, 200 straight days. Wow. And I read Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich 10 times, wow. chapter by chapter, report every day. So I became wow. a lethal weapon of personal development, and I decided I wasn't going to fake it. I was just, I was living it, literally yeah. living it in advance. You couldn't break my attitude, and I lived in New Jersey, where nobody has a positive attitude, or if they do, <laughs> it's 
they, Gary, they refer to it as tood. And, tude. <laughs> and the, the challenge was I looked all around me and everybody else was faking it. Yeah. And I'll give you a classic example. Everybody takes English composition in their first year in college. It's almost mandatory. Yeah. yeah. And I would see all these classmates of mine turning in uh, papers that were typewritten and had a binder and had a glass front, you know, plastic front. Oh, yeah. It's all pretty. Yeah, yeah. And they would get, uh, and this is my podcast, so I can say whatever I want. They would get a fucking D or D minus. And I hand wrote mine, hand wrote my my essays, scratched out words and handed it in. And I got an A minus. <laughs> and the teacher said, if you would just recopy your work, I'll give you an A because you're a great writer. Yeah. I never did. I ended up, and that's the, that and archery were the only two A's that I got in college. <laughs> Uh, wow, quote, I didn't know that about you having a good shot. Yeah, to quote Woody Allen, it was a series of near misses. I majored <laughs> in football pools and dating. But but here, this is the challenge. Everybody has a little bit of fake it till you make it. Yeah. But if they would convert that energy to live it in advance, yeah. then the imposter syndrome at least wanes. It may not go away, but it wanes because you build self-confidence. And I think that's the antidote to imposter. I, I think that is a huge antidote, uh, antidote. But I also think a huge shift for me was to get my eyes off of me and on somebody else. And to, mm -hmm. to um, that was a huge shift. Focus on serving somebody. It's weapon number four, actually. Focus on serving somebody more than how they perceive you. Because this whole fake it till you make it thing is all about perception. Correct. Perception. We're, we're trying to cast a perception. But the problem is, is all of us know this behind the scene reel that is playing in our back, you know, that and we compare every everyone else's show reels with our behind the scenes reels. And so we know we may be able to fake somebody else out. The problem is, is we can't fake ourselves out. That was the issue. Um, and so a huge benefit, you know, I mean, all those weapons are really powerful, the seven, I think. And it's not just like there's one silver bullet, but that one in particular really helped me get my eyes off of me and just, Gary, focus on serving somebody else. Okay. Let me throw a thought at you. I'm really good at what I do. Yes, I love what I do. And I study what I do. Yeah. I don't just have a skill. I work on my skill every day. Yes. So I'm not focused on myself, but I'm always working on myself. There's and a huge difference, isn't there? Yeah, huge. I don't look in the mirror and go, oh, man, are you fucking handsome? I don't. That's I'm bald. I don't. I spend like two seconds in the bathroom in the morning going, there it is. And <laughs> other people are putting on makeup and lipstick and bullshit. And that's not me. Yeah. So. I simply go to my library and I read or yeah. I write or I do something. And this is really important for me. Yeah. I don't think that I can be the best person for other people until I can be the best person for myself. Yeah. And if you're faking it, then you're not going to, you're not being the best person for yourself. No. If you're living it in advance, you're studying it and all you're doing is putting it into practice. And to yeah. me, that's, that's how you have to do it. And, you know, I've been very fortunate in my career to not simply be able to give speeches and write books, but to be a great dad and to be a great granddad and now to be a great, yeah. great granddad. <laughs> um, really? Yeah. We just had a baby. Uh, oh, how cool. OW, but you know, it's still a grand, uh, we've had several OWs in the family, but they ended up well. I mean, the first one yeah. was 
my daughter Rebecca, who's who now has a physician's assistant daughter, is freaking brilliant. And she married the guy, and they've been together for one year less than than, they, than their child is. Um, but the bottom line is they worked at it. Yeah. And you have to work at it. I there's there's nothing in the book, and I and I want you to have an epilogue that says, "Hey, fucker, work." <laughs> that's that's well, that's, you would write that better than I would. <laughs> but that's that's number eight. Work your ass off. Yeah. Because yeah. you're not going to, it's not going to, you can identify it, which you've done incredibly well, but the follow-up book has to be fix it. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting though, too, and I'll just say this, many people that suffer from imposter syndrome, you know, this was coined in the 70s by these two female psychologists that discovered this pattern among high achieving females that they were serving. And now they say 70% of the population deals with this. Wow. And it's not just relegated to women, but these they are high achievers. And I think what I've seen, especially because I work with a lot of leaders and CEOs in particular, they're driven and they have success. They have, yeah. you know, what everybody else yeah. sees success and they work their butts off. Yep. But there's this internal drive that oftentimes is like pushing them and driving them versus leading them and compelling them, you know, like drawing them forward. They feel driven by this. And it was it's this feeling less than et cetera. And so, yeah, there's no excuse for not working, you know, dreams without action yeah. are mirror. I agree. I totally sense. agree with that. But it, listen, you look in the mirror in the bathroom in the morning and you have two options one is woe is me right right the other is whoa it's me <laughs> and so if you look at it from that those are the only two choices yeah i like that okay and the yeah. second thing is and i think this is just as just as equally as important you have to believe in yourself before you're going to get other people to believe in you yeah yeah and that has nothing to do with faking it that has everything to do with having self-confidence yeah to me well, the opposite I, of imposter syndrome is, is self-confidence that or the other th there's another dangerous um thing and it's called the dunning-kruger effect which is where you have a heightened sense of your abilities that eclipses your true abilities where where you know it, it's this false sense of and it get and it can get people killed because you know oh yeah i can do that no problem you know yeah like, and then you fall off a cliff yeah yeah it, it, exactly exactly trying to prove yourself when you don't even have confidence that you can do it yeah i mean it's just kind of stupidity you know like uh yeah <laughs> it's the last the words of a, the last words of a southerner hold my beer and watch this yeah, watch this <laughs> exactly yeah, that, that would be done in Kruger. <laughs> so, right. Or somebody in a drunken stupor, you know, it could be. Okay, could so be both. pay attention to this, Dyer. Gary Fry is about to give you an answer. What can a person who's faking it or has the imposter syndrome about them, what are a couple things they can do? Well, I'm glad you asked that, Jeffrey, well, because the first part of this book, this first seven weapons really deal with that. And and the first one is to just realize you're stinking not alone. Mm -hmm. I mean, an isolation chamber is a really bad place to be. And I've been there many times where you think you're the only one. Woe is me. 
Um, nobody's seen the trouble I've seen. And the reality is we've all seen trouble. Oh, yeah. We've all experienced difficulties. And sometimes just having the courage to admit this is how I feel to somebody mm -hmm. is, is liberating. They can't even do anything about it. But to just know that you're stinking not alone, mm -hmm. that's a huge one. And I'll give you another one. It's weapon number two. And it has to do with like what you were talking about, like honing your craft, et cetera. And I did this simple T-chart that I call Thrive Wither. And it's it's not strengths and weaknesses. It's just what makes you come alive, thrive column, versus what makes you wither, wither column. The mm -hmm. stuff that drains your tank. Because here's the magic of that one. Many times I see people functioning in their wither column because, well, I was told to do that. Well, you're the best at pivot tables, but yet you you are sick of pivot tables because you went into accounting or something because your parents said you should or because somebody said you're really good with numbers or whatever, but you hate it. You're Or maybe you're just burned out on it. Well, if you can spend more time in your thrive column, the stuff that makes you come alive, that makes you uniquely you, and you continue to hone that craft like you've done, Jeffrey, you've been a, an exceptional example of a lifetime learner who is always sharpening the sword. Well, when you're doing that, you're alive. And guess what? When you are thriving and when you feel alive, and it doesn't mean that we still don't clean the toilets and do the stuff that, yeah, we all have to. You That's have life. to do that. You have to do that. Absolutely. But when you spend so much time in this wither column, all of a sudden it gives rise to the voice of the imposter. But when you start and you, you start delegating or you get really honest about what it is that you love to do, focus more on those kind of things. Well, when you're in your joy zone, when you're in, in your thrive zone, you're not thinking about all your less than. You're just too busy having fun. Exactly. 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 Freaking exactly. <laughs> I, I wrote down while you were talking, if you don't love it, you're probably going to be faking it. Yes. Think about that. If you're you're in your diehard, you're in your cubicle, you're in your office, and you fucking hate it so and somebody comes in and goes everything's fine yeah no problem <laughs> come on <laughs> come on yes you know, get a grip on yourself so i have a couple of other things that i i want to make sure that i i talk about when you're talking about withering let's talk yeah. about autumn yeah all the leaves on the trees wither yeah but it's also renewal because when right. they fall off new ones grow and don't yeah. think of yourself as oh my god these leaves are going to die no, no, no. New leaves are going to show up tomorrow or yeah. at least by by May uh, yeah. and, and you're going to be fine. But you have to be able to store your nuts somewhere where yeah. you can eat during that that lean time and not yeah. lose confidence in the fact you you haven't gathered anything for for safety. You're you're out yeah. there on your own. You go, oh, my God, what was me? No, no, dude, you forgot to work. Yeah, you forgot to study. Yeah. So there's one other thing. And I think this is important. All of the people who have imposter syndrome, in my humble opinion, are people that are trying to do things by example. The women that are running these companies, that, that are, they're looking at other people and they're saying, yeah. what's he doing? What's he doing? I got to yeah. do the same thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But the people who rise above it are people that do not lead by example. They set the standard. Taylor Swift sets yeah. oh, the standard. Wow. Yeah. She is her own country. She is her own economy. 
and she got screwed by the people that did her music. And she said, fuck you, I'll do it myself because I own it. And no kid, no kid buys a Taylor Swift album that doesn't say Taylor's version. Not one kid. So I want you to think about you, diehard. I want you to think about what do you do that you don't love? That's number one. Where are you setting the standard for what you're doing? Or are you just doing what other people do? That's bullshit. That is total bullshit. So I'm I'm looking at this from the perspective of, okay, this is your time. This is your this is your your opportunity. You only have one life and it's not a dress rehearsal. It's like the real thing. Yeah. yeah. So I, I would, you know, put on your best shoes, put on your best jeans, and go rock and roll. You don't well, need you, a suit you don't need a suit anymore. That's imposter. This is my work attire every day. I'm wearing a t-shirt, baby. <laughs> I have worn a t-shirt since COVID. Remember yes. the two weeks to flatten the curb? I wore I wore a t-shirt every day for two years. And I still do. I'm going do to the too. phone company. I'm going to the phone <laughs> company today to get a new phone. Look at my shirt says, Don't call me, I'll call you. <laughs> Yeah, you have great t-shirts. I'm the same way. And listen, here's what's so funny. I am the only non-CPA and a college dropout. Not that I'm proud of it, but it's just like, I'm going to expose it. That's a partner in a regional CPA firm. It, it, like, And this is how I show up. And I'm not trying right. to be disrespectful. No. I'm just free to be who I am now. And it's You're... a blessing. <laughs> I am Gary Fry. I do not have a pipe up my ass. <laughs> And that's how you have to look at it. That their suits to me are part of the imposter syndrome. Yeah, man. I, you know, it's funny. The first day when I went to Bank of America to work, I bought a couple new suits and they had just gone to dress casual, <laughs> which was funny. <laughs> so I still have one of those suits. I still wear it when I go to weddings, but that's about yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. Weddings but, and funerals. So I'm going to leave you with, this is one other thing that I think is really important. It's actually weapon number six. And you are an exception. You're an exceptional example of this, Jeffrey, in my opinion. But your example with Taylor Swift is exactly exactly that too. And it is celebrate the anything but typical in yourself and other people. And what yeah. does that mean? Well, we were all created anything but typical, and our thumbprints prove it. Nobody, even identical twins, and I dated three pairs of identical twins before I met my wife, which is hilarious. Well, two two identicals and one uh, fraternal. None of them have the same thumbprints. The, the identical twins don't have the same thumbprints. It's all unique. We're all created unique. And when we get into trouble is what you were talking about, where we're comparing well, yeah. by by example, well, they set the example. No, no, no. You can learn from them, but don't try to be them. Be uniquely you. And man, that is so freeing. It's just unbelievable how liberating it is. My twins who are now 51. Hold on. I have to take one more example I want to write down. <laughs> I didn't realize you had twins. Yeah, I, the twins are 51 years old. When they were in the first grade, I walked by their room one morning and they're at their dresser. And one turns to the other and said, you want to be twins today? Which meant dress alike because they're in the, the <laughs> South, they're, they're peak and repeat. But the challenge is that everyone has their own personality traits. Yeah. Everyone has their own characteristics. Everyone has their own, yeah. literally their own style. And yes. you have to look at this from a standpoint of I'm trying to understand the other person through myself. 
you know, why do they do that? Why do they like tomatoes? I don't like tomatoes. I thought no one liked tomatoes. <laughs> I don't like white food other than whipped cream. Why do other people like, I don't want Alfredo. I don't want sour cream. Oh, I'm with you, man. Give me marinara, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every time. Okay. So, but you have to look at it from a, from a lens that says, I accept. Yes. Yes. And celebrate. And, yeah. Celebrate it. Well, some things that are going on in the world right now are not celebrational, but no, yeah, I agree. No, I totally no, agree. we don't celebrate evil, but right. we can celebrate the uniqueness of other people. And there are many things to celebrate out there in the midst of this horrific yeah, stuff yeah. that's going on. Okay, so I'm growing up and my parents, I never got good grades. My, I have a, a thing here that I look at every day, my sixth things of life, my five things of life, literally. Um, and one of them is Mrs. Robbins. Mrs. Robbins was my high school guidance counselor whose mantra was, you're not living up to your potential. You're not, you're much smarter uh -huh. than this. You're not getting the same kind of grades that you should. And there was a reason that I didn't get good grades. I didn't give a shit. I didn't, I didn't you know, I'm smart. I go home. My parents are in middle class. I play golf on the weekend. I'm going to be successful. I don't need this shit. I don't right. need this shit. Okay, so that was my philosophy all the way through college dropout. But this is the real challenge. One day, my mom said, why can't you be more like Paul Rosenberg? Straight A's, gets in Jefferson Medical School with three and a half years of study, comes out a doctor, and of total wow. college. And this kid was the fucking high school quarterback on the football team, you name it. And I said, Mom, Paul Rosenberg doesn't get laid. And my mother whacked the crap out of me. She literally <laughs> hurt her wrist hitting me. But that was the reality to me. I don't want to be like somebody else. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. cannot be like somebody else and win in this world. Yeah. You just can't. Yeah, it's a fool's errand. Uh, and I bought into it for far too long. When I first met you, there was a struggle internally employee between you and some other jackass. And the guy was a jackass. And you said, I'm just going to go down a different path. I respected the shit out of that because you didn't want to fight the guy. Right. He was a ruthless character, literally. And I think he's now a waiter at Shoney's, but I'm not 100% positive. And it's funny because he still doesn't know that I know everything that he did. Oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> he doesn't know that but I you know have muscles exactly and, what you have he muscles and he's You have muscles and he's fat. But I'm challenging you as a diehard Pay attention to yourself and your own greatness, and that will allow you to walk among other people and not compare yourself to them. Yeah. Just don't, because that's that's where you go, oh, wow, you may like a characteristic, but you, I, I promise you, you don't want to trade places. Yeah. No, the world needs you. Yeah. Uniquely you. They want your thumbprint on something. Yeah. So we'll yak about that in our next episode, which we will have with Gary Fry. We're going to talk about thumbprints and how to get away from being an imposter. Until then, cool. do not fake it until you make it. Live it in advance, even if your ass falls off. Thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to like, share. Yeah, share with both your friends. And subscribe to the podcast. And remember, we have a free 22-day sales challenge. Just go to Gutimer.com slash sales challenge to start you on your way.